God bless. Welcome today, man, to Kingdom Concepts. I'm in the studio with Dr. Daryl Rogers, and man, we've been having a great time uh, just enjoying, amen, the word of the Lord, and we invite you to come and be a part of our conversation today, man. We want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Pray that everything's going well for you as you guys are enjoying this holiday season with family and friends, and man, I just want to put it in front of you, amen, make purpose it, amen, to keep the reason for this season in front of you. You know, I think it's so important for us to never forget, you know, all that God has done for us. And and for me, this time of the year is, is always extra important and valuable um, because I realized what happened when I accepted Jesus Christ, you know, the gift of God. You know, we talked, you know, last episode about how, you know, God loved this world so much that he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And and I know for me, I didn't know what life was until I received that that new life that he offered. And one of the things that I settled within myself years ago from the moment I got saved is that every Christmas since I got saved back in 1992, man, I'll gather all the family together that, that, that'll want to listen to me. And man, I sit down and I share the, the story of of Christmas, what it really is about, you know, and I know some people get hung up on stuff like that, you know, like Christmas trees or, you know, whether, you know, Jesus, you know, was <laughs> born December 25th or if it was in April, who cares, right? I mean, it's like what matters is that he came, you know, he came and he offered himself to us, this beautiful, beautiful son of God. And I think it's, a, it's important for us to understand that God has a purpose for your life, the same way he had a purpose for the life of Christ on this earth. And there is power, amen, that he makes available to us and we want to just jump right into the word of the Lord today because I'm telling you, God works with his word. Amen. Amen. And uh, and when the word manifests, I mean, there's no greater thing, right? Than when the word, you know, Titus 1, 3 says the word preached, it manifests. And I love it when you, when you declare the word of the Lord and God shows up. You know, I had a testimony came in um, to me, uh, yet, well, actually it was the day before yesterday in the evening. There was a couple in our church and they contacted me because back on September the 20th, this was just a few weeks ago, I felt impressed to pray for people that wanted children. And so I know I saw that. You remember that? Oh, oh man, man, I'm telling you, Doc. Got me, man. It got me right in the feels, you know, <laughs> uh, because this this couple, they've been wanting to have oh, children man. and they've been trying. They said it had been kind of like it getting impossible for them. And we prayed and the word of the Lord was, you know, God told me to pray for people that wanted children. And the Lord told me, you know, to instruct them, you know, to really step out and exercise your faith. Go out and buy some stuff for your new child, right. you know. And what blessed me is that people did. I said, man, go buy some bibs, some diapers, get some stuff, put put the date on it, you know, put the day's date on it, the day that you received. And uh, I have personal family, you know, that went out and did that, that are believing for kids. But there was a couple in our church that did. And the husband, and you know who they are, husband got a hold of me and said, Pastor, he goes, I just want you to know, he said, that we did exactly what you said. We, we, we received the prayer, man, we obeyed the prophet. And they said, and my wife just felt impressed last night or, or today um, to, to go and take pregnancy tests. And he said, she took two tests and they both came back positive. They said, we're having a baby. And I, you know what blessed me is this, is that, I mean, you and I, we're just delivery boys. You know, I mean, we, we, uh, we serve the master, and um, basically, we just we do what he says. We we and, you know, and we say what he says, and that that's the best thing we can do and stay out of the way. And 
I always, you know, it always humbles me though how how God will use you, amen, uh, to to minister that word, to present a word in front of people, whether it's the written word or, or a spoken word that lines up with the written word. And we have front row seats. I know. To see how far God goes in touching people's lives. And it, and it, it never ceases to amaze me to see how the word of the Lord manifests. And the scripture that comes to mind is Second Chronicles 2020. Believe in the Lord your God. Amen. Believe in his word. You will be established. Believe as prophets, and so shall you prosper. And it's like, and it blesses me when you see people doing that, when they trust God and they trust the, the people that God's anointed to be a voice, you know, into their lives because the word works. You know, when it comes to the power of God's word and the purpose of God's word, I mean, what are the things that stand out to you when you got saved? I mean, what was the what was that moment where the word of God, the the the, the power of that word, the value of that word? When was that when was that moment when you really seen the word for what it is? That for that it's more than just you know some some you know some some pages with some writing on it. What was the thing that really set it off inside of you? That man, I mean, to where you had that aha moment? Well, you know. I as I was raised in a pastor's home. And so you do a lot of things as kids of the pastor. When you become a teenager, you know, you, you do a lot of things. You minister and you minister. I remember the first message that I ever ministered. It was out of John three. And it it was about men prefer darkness rather than light. You know, it's going on in the Mm -hmm. third chapter. Yeah. And I remember that. I preached that thing when I was 16 years old. But you know, there came a day later in life when I became so hungry for the Word of God. And what I did was I had to discipline myself. I remember having this thought. I didn't really like listening to Kenneth Copeland because he told stories. Mm. So all I thought about was, you know, What's he saying that's so deep? But then I, I had this, and I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know, was dealing with me and said, hmm, why does he have so many people following him if all of he's doing is telling stories? Mm. So I had a, a tape recorder that I could take, you know, in those days it was tapes. Yeah, yeah. So I had this tape recorder, and so what I did was I sat down with a strong concordance and a vine expository dictionary and my Bible and a notepad, and I would write down every single word that Kenneth Copeland would speak. That's a lot of and words. And then, yeah, because, you know, in those days, <clears throat> you're, you're talking an hour and a half or two hours, right? <laughs> right. And so the thing of it is, is every time he, he would refer to a scripture, I'd stop. And I'd look in the Strong's and I'd try to find that scripture. So either, and, and that became like my Bible study. Mm. I found out that he was basically talking about 90% word. Mm. So even though the stories, the stories had a reference to the word of God, that changed my life, man. Mm. And so I became, so. I, you know that I still study that way today? I still do. I, I will listen to different ministers 
and the Holy Spirit will provoke me to pick up on certain phraseology mm. that they use or certain scriptures that they use and they bring a little bit of illumination to it, then I'll tell you what, that really excites me. So even, you know, when you're ministering, yeah. it's hard for me to shut up. <laughs> you don't tag me. Yeah, I, that, no, I just want to go. You, you know something else about that, man? Yeah, yeah, amen. <laughs> I love it. Because, you know, I, I love the word, Yeah. you know? And so the, the thing of it is, is that that relationship was a, a relationship based upon choice. Now, I love the presence of God. I can't mm. even sing a song about Jesus without getting choked up. Yeah. And he can sing too. Yeah. Preach know, and sing. Yeah. They thought that when, you know, the praise and worship team thought that when I opened the service here a couple of weeks ago, that uh. they thought I was going to get up there and sing, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I said, well, I did, you know, just to open the service. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that there is a time. When you make a choice to become a disciple, mm. you discipline yourself to put God first place. It, isn't, that, that's, isn't that what it says? Seek ye first yeah. the kingdom of God and His righteousness, yeah. and all these things are added unto you. Mm -hmm. How do you seek Him first? You can only seek Him through the Word. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we pray and we open our spirit up to be led by the Holy Spirit, but the leadership of the Holy Spirit is the Word. It's yeah. the explanation the revelation of the word as it is imparted in you. That's why every Christian has to study to show themselves approved. You got to own it. Yeah, that's right. You, well, I, you I do. Totally you have agree. to own it. I, I mean, so I hear you say things that I may go, hmm, that's a little different. I, but I'll, I'll eventually, I'll research that thing and I'll own that thing. Yeah. Because I, I want to know the truth. Yeah. Because remember, John 8, 31, 32, mm -hmm. and, you know, continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make, make you free. free. I'll never forget this. The first time that revelation came to me, I was at uh, Dick Burnell's church, Jubilee Christian mm -hmm. Center in San Jose, and Kenneth Hagan was there, and he had a couple of his Rhema teachers. So a guy that taught at Rhema, Doug Jones, was preaching on Rome uh, on uh, John 8 31 32. I'll never forget the statement that he made. Now now think about this. This is 30 years ago. Yeah. But the statement that he made, he says, it's the truth that you know that makes you free. Mm. Not that I know. Yeah. It's the truth that you know. So that says that I can listen to all of this, but unless I investigate it, unless I become, I get the revelation of it, mm -hmm. I don't really, I'm operating off of his knowledge, off mm -hmm. of his anointing. Yeah. I'm not operating off of anything that is the truth that makes me free, yeah. you know? And that's not enough. I mean, you you have to, you have to, like you said, study you show yourself approved. And I, I think one of the dangers that I see in the, in the day that we're living <coughs> in is that you have so many people that they're looking for an experience. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so they've been conditioned in a lot of ways to where, you know, to be spiritual, uh, you have to have, you have to see a vision, you have to see things, you know, that, you know, in the spirit, you're, you have to feel things, you know, you mean um, you get a little flaky, you, you have to, careful. yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, cause definitely, I mean, you thank God when you can feel things, but you know, you've got to, you got to be all right when you don't. 
But, you know, you see people that they think that expression is what makes them spiritual, you know. I mean, I love worship and praise. I mean, I, I, I'm a worshiper. But you got some folks that they think that worship and praise, you know, how exuberant they can be in their worship and praise, you know, you know, twirling ribbons and, yeah. you know, and things that that makes you spiritual, blowing shofars, you know, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, you know, um, but everything's prophetic this, prophetic that, you know, prophetic painting, prophetic, you know, poem, prophetic this or that. I even knew somebody one time that they were going to do a prophetic reading of, of your tattoos that you have. <laughs> yeah. I and don't I, have any, so I have, there's no yeah, prophecy for me. There was nothing prophetic about any of the ones <laughs> I have. Um, but it's like, but you know, people go in that direction. And, and what people don't realize is that even with the power of worship and praise, you know, it enhances who we are as believers. I mean, it puts you in the presence of the Lord, but the word of God is what makes us spiritual, right? His words are spirit. His words are life, amen. Uh, man, they're healing, amen, to us, amen. They're a blessing to everyone that finds it. And and you see why Satan, he doesn't mind if people are gonna make it to heaven, he don't mind them making it to heaven, but man, don't, don't, don't live on this earth in the word and don't take the word with you when you go. He'd rather you be a person that's after expression than someone, you know, that that is in the word because he comes to steal it. You know, in the scripture that was been stirring in my heart, and you were you were touching on this, you know, earlier. Uh, and I think that this really drives home, you know, why it, it's so important, amen, for, for us to understand the value of the word. There's a reason why Satan comes to steal it. Um, but in John chapter 1. If you're taking notes, write this down. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. It says this. It says, in the beginning was the word. And you were the one that said, you know, earlier, hey, man, we, you got to go back to the beginning to understand, you know, why Jesus came. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. So we see right here that God's making the word equal to himself, right? Right. It says, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. He said all things were made by him. By who, Doc? By God. But, you know, you got to remember in Genesis it says, and let us make man in our image. Mm. And so what does that mean? Yeah. Why? Why? Because that, that's a misprint to some denominations yeah. that says Jesus only. Mm -hmm. And so you got to be able to understand the Bible the way the Bible is written. And so I look at, I look at this and I'm thinking that God sent his son to be a propitiation mm -hmm. for us, a payment yeah. for all of the sin in the world. Because Everybody, every sinner in this world, which we were part of that deal, mm -hmm. all of that sin was paid for. Now, in order to receive that payment, you have to believe in Jesus Christ yeah. and confess him yeah. as the Lord of your life. That's when it begins to permeate you and begins to, to start leading you in the direction of light. Because remember, it says... The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Yeah. Well, the world was dark, man, because yeah. it was living under this sin mentality. So we have to come into this new mentality 
that Jesus became this light in our life and it drives out the darkness. You know, I, 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 I'm not sure that you didn't say this, but, you know, which I'll give you credit for if I can oh, remember. Thank you, but, thank you. You know, <laughs> lighting a match in a darkened room. Yeah. The thing of it is, is that the, lat, the match is small, mm -hmm. but it'll drive the darkness out of the room just by that small little flame. Little flame. So when you think about this, this is the power of not only what Jesus did, but it's the power of the word. So the more word, the word is referred to as light. Mm -hmm. And so when you, the more word that you have, the more illumination, the more light, the greater your eyes can see, the great that your spirit can perceive, the more that you can operate in when you own it. See, this is not a book for my brain. Mm. This is a book for my spirit. Mm. So I got to get it from the head to the heart, the heart of the, of the spirit of God, the mind of the spirit. I got to get it so that I know it. Yeah. I'm not intellectual because, you know, no, you know, explain the difference with that between well, the, I the mean, two, you know, intellectual and, and, and owning something. Well, you can be a theologian that doesn't even know God. I mean, isn't that what yeah, Jesus I've said seen, to the Pharisees? Met folks, yeah. But Jesus said that. Mm -hmm. He said, he's basically talking to the Pharisees and he says, you're preaching this message about God that you don't even know him. Yeah. You know, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but that's no, exactly no, no, what absolutely. it means. Yeah. Well, how, how many of us have had experiences where we have been with people that have you know, the accolades of having a great ministry, mm -hmm. and there is absolutely zero anointing. They know mm -hmm. the word mm -hmm. I had a guy intellectually. My, yeah. You know? I had a guy in my neighborhood. He was a, a long-term uh, convict. This dude, this guy, was he was straight crazy. This dude was crazy, and he got away with murder. He really did. And um, this dude could quote you Bible like it was nobody's business. He would memorize books. Yeah. And this dude loved going to churches and just, just, it, it was like, um, you know how like when you're dealing with like Jehovah Witnesses? Yeah. How, how there's just like a, there's like a stupor that almost tries to come in on people. And it's an anointing. It's a yeah. false anointing. And to where, you know, and, and it's a sad thing, you know, when, when people in false religions or people like this guy know more Bible as far as the logos than Christians. And that's yeah. what this guy knew. He knew he knew Bible, so he'd get in front of preachers and stuff and if you know, and, and, and Christians and he'd intimidate them. And I remember he tried and the guy was a con, you know, and I wasn't always serving Jesus and, and you can't con a con. And this dude, I remember one time he was over at my, he came, he was walking through the neighborhood and he tried coming over there giving me some of his stuff. And I, I know the Bible. And so I, I, you know, the word defends itself. And man, I gave him word, you know, uh, and to me it was, I owned it. He had intellect, but I had revelation. And, and it was interesting to see how you can have people like that. Even people, you know, they sit in churches to where they know scripture but there's a difference between, like you said, knowing it and owning it. And there's a difference between knowing it and obeying it. Yeah. And I think that when people, you know, when 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 they try living life, even as, you know, to live the life without the word, 
you know, but you but you go to church just that's just you being religious, right? Sure, sure. Because one of the things that you know stood out to me with this is like in chapter in verse three, you know, he says, All things were made by him. He's talking about the word the whole time. In the beginning was word, words with God, word was God. Mm-hmm. So we can we can say all things were made by the word, right? And without the word wasn't anything made that was made, right? Because he right. he made everything with the word, and it's like, and I don't see how people you can never live the life that God wants you to live without this, without this, this holy word, right, Doug? That's true. And and why why is it that why is it that Satan is so dogmatic about trying to keep people from having this in their life, especially believers? What 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 advantage does he gain? How does it work for him to keep people from the word? Let, let's just go back a few years mm-hmm. because. I remember I went to Newport uh, Beach Assembly of God Church, and the pastor's name was Thomas Benvenuti, mm. and he was preaching the Word of Faith in the '60s. Oh, that was and, the, and actually the assembly set him down mm. because he was demonstrating. Okay, gotcha. I I remember that there was such a hunger in that church that you remember the times when we used to hang around the altar. Yeah. After service. Yeah, they used to call it afterglow. Yeah, afterglow. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was like one of the last people to be ushered out a lot yeah. of Sunday nights. Yeah, me too. You me know, too. because, and you know, what were we doing? We were down there seeking God. Now, we may have been ignorant of the knowledge of the Word of God, but our hearts were right because we were intense in our searching out of the Spirit of God in our lives. Mm. Where, where do you see that now? Yeah. I mean, you know, even at West Coast, we have such a time frame yeah. that it, you know, I, I'm thinking, God, how do you get done what you need to get done when we're watching that clock? Yeah. And, right. You know, because what, what would God do? I mean, think about this. We don't preach the message like Paul did where the guy fell out of the building yeah. right and they had to raise the guy from the dead you know we don't we're not preaching that long but but i i overseas yeah oh yeah you preach for hours man mm-hmm. yeah. you know I, I preached the seven covenants of god on a sunday service and they would not let me stop and i i preached for three and a half hours mm-hmm. now the thing of it is is that we you couldn't do that here in the united states yeah, their appetite, people's appetites aren't aren't as conditioned. And, you know, I know for us, um, one of the things that I totally believe with all my heart, and, and I pray this every day, me and my, matter of fact, we were praying this on the way over here, is that, you know, for West Coast, it's like, Lord, we're in the season now where we absolutely need our land and we need to build. Definitely. Because of what you said, I hate us being a... Con, uh, you know, when you don't, when you don't, like in our situation, we don't own our building, and it does put us in a time frame because of folks that sure. that do own. And I, and I'm like you, I, I don't, I like being in those services where God just is is free to go as long as you want, do whatever he wants. I mean, I remember being in church one time, the sun was coming up when we were going home, and nobody wanted to go home. It was like. I mean, because God shows up where there's hunger. Sure. And and people, people when they hunger and thirst after righteousness, God says, "Man, I'm going to fill them." And I and I think there's a part of us that you know, when it comes to when you develop an appetite for this word, you'll never be satisfied with what you have. 
Never. It'll never be too much. You stay hungry. Yeah. How important is it for us? I mean, we got just a moment left. How important is it for, for people to hunger for the word? I mean, what, what, what would you tell somebody right now when it comes to their word life? How important is it for them to, to have an appetite for this? Well, the word has to be first place. That's, that's what you got to be able to look at. The word has to be first place. So the, how do you meditate in the Word of God? Well, it's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your thought processes. So it's like when you're in ministry or when you have done this for a long period of time where you serve God and you've studied His Word, the Word is always in you. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what you're dealing with, the Word is washing you. It's, it's illuminating you. It's helping you. It's strengthening mm -hmm. you because you're meditating isn't that what it says in Joshua 1? It says, when you mm. medita meditate in the Word of yeah. God day and night, because then you begin to observe or see according to the Word of God. So you see it through God's eyes, and then your way is prosperous, and yeah. then you have good success. So you want prosperity, you want success. But the key is meditating in the Word of God. Yeah. So I always tell all of the students in the Bible college, I just say, if you own it, you don't need notes because yeah. you own it. So that's the reason that you study the Word of God yeah. is you, you study to own it. So yeah. anyhow, man. Well, you know, we always tell people, you know, you, you put the Word of God in you when you don't need it, so it'll be there when you do. Yeah, because <laughs> you will need it. You will, amen. <laughs> and God wants this Word to manifest in your life, amen. And Satan can't steal what you don't have. Let me tell you something. Make a quality decision, amen, that you're going to feast on this word, amen, day and night. I'm telling you, you will experience success, amen. Word Christians are one of the greatest assets to heaven and one of the greatest threats to the amen. devil, amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today here on Kingdom Concepts. We look forward to seeing you guys again real soon, amen. Merry Christmas and have a wonderful, wonderful day.